those things work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard any problems with this so far, so that's good. <laughs> oh. Is it a long commute here? I live downtown. Oh, you live oh, downtown? Nice. Perfect. Yeah, I was actually just having <coughs> having lunch with a friend of mine at Luna. Luna. On University. Oh, dude, they got awesome food. What kind of food? Uh, just a little bit of whatever. Okay. Today we had uh, fried chicken with manchego cheese nice. on it, That's which was pretty good. No, chicken. no. Where's that at? Uh, University and like 15th. There's like a little strip mall. Oh, okay. It's a coffee shop by day, fancy lunch, supper place by night. Yeah, yeah I, I think I know what building you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Sounds good. So I was over there. Awesome. <sighs> <laughs> All right, that sounds good. How's it going? I'll, I'll be a heavy breather. I close on for the mic, and that's working well. Oh yeah. Okay. You good on your yeah. 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 Maybe move a little bit. Just scoot a little bit more. Perfect. All right. All right. Yeah. Check one two. Nice. Peter Schott, but yeah. Peter Schott. Shot? Shot, yeah. Shot? Yeah. Start, Take two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Cole Siegel, and this is Zach Schultz. This is our Consumer Behavior Podcast, and today we got Peter Schott. It's actually Scott. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I like messing with you guys. <laughs> Just messing with you guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Peter, if you just don't mind, uh, tell me. So where, where are you from? I grew up here in North Dakota on okay. a family farm about two and a half hours southwest of here okay. in a town called Cullum, North Dakota. Cullum. There's a big debate. Is it one or two syllables or what? I don't really know, but that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't teach you that no, no, we didn't learn that in school. Yeah, it's, it's uh, ever, ever the mystery. So, yeah. Perfect, perfect. So I was looking into you a little bit. It said you were in the Dominican Republic for a little bit. What was yeah, so I did child youth work there. I worked at a therapeutic boarding school, kind of the place like, did your parents ever threaten to send you away if you misbehaved? <laughs> one or, one or two okay, times. that was the place where kids got sent away to. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was a social work major, psych social work major in college, and so did child and youth work down there uh, for about five years. Uh, ended up having a uh, problem with my kidneys and moved back to the States just to get that taken care of. And there's like a whole long story about that where my wife was from the Dominican Republic. We were married. She had a visa or she didn't have a visa or anything. She couldn't come here. Um, so she was like 20,000 people in line for an interview for like a two and a half year waiting list. Oh, wow. um, she got bumped to the front of that line through a whole thing. And then um, we got her paperwork a week before we were supposed to leave to come back here. And it was someone else's paperwork in the envelope. Oh, and then the day before we were supposed to come, the real paperwork came and we were good to go, but Jesus. that's like a whole half hour long story there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so got back. Kidneys are good. Got treated at Mayo Clinic and everything's been great well. from that. Yeah, yeah. So your wife, you met your wife while you were in the Dominican. No, that's a whole nother half hour story. We oh, met. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met on the internet. I was uh, checking my my hotmail back in the back in the day, and there was a banner ad that said "Try MSN Chat." Okay. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So I went in there, and there was all these chat rooms, and one of them was 20-something. And I'm like, oh, I'm a 20-something. So I clicked on that, and a bunch of people in there. And this person from the Dominican Republic and said, hey, what's life like down there? We just started talking, and it turns out we had a lot in common. And, yeah, got to know her. And I went, I went down there to, to meet her and got back from that trip, and two weeks later got an offer to apply for a job down there. But were you looking for a job? No, I was just looking for a job. Oh, so okay. just and a job. it just, just kind of, yeah. All the way. 
right yeah yeah like oh i just got back from there yeah <laughs> so yeah so i lived down there for five years and did child and youth work and kidney wife kid came back and took care of that and got back into tech awesome. yeah yeah just the one just the one kid or do you have we have three now i've got three girls 12 7 and 4 awesome. oldest was born down there and the other two were born here in sunny fargo the oldest was born in dominican yeah cool yeah yeah all right so uh just uh kind of going going on a little sidetrack i guess yeah uh, so how long have you actually been in the food industry so when i moved back from the dominican republic i ended up getting a job for a company called feed management systems they do uh, feed management feed enterprise type software i grew up on a farm and i thought a feed mill and a grain elevator were the same and because i just <laughs> i didn't know any better so i got in, into that and worked for them for about seven years uh, they got acquired by Cargill Animal Nutrition, uh, so went from went to work for the largest private health company in the in the world, and that was about a seven year time span with that. I wanted to do more with mobile tech, and so ended up um, leaving my job there and started working at Myriad Mobile here in town back when they were a twenty five person team. Myriad Mobile, they're now Bushel. Bushel. Yeah, so we were like. They were like 20 people, and now they're up to 150 and doing a bunch of stuff with, with ag tech. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're growing like crazy, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, so as far as that goes, like, what's your educational background? Did you go to NDSU, or what school did you go I'm a cobber. went to Concordia. Concordia? Yeah, and I was a psychology social work major. Okay, what kind of made the transition to kind of work towards <laughs> the technical side of things? Uh, you know, I'd always wanted to run my own business and, like, I mean, when I was in second grade, I sold pet rocks. And when I, I used to like, we'd come to Fargo and we'd go to, we'd go to the store and I'd buy highlighters and I'd take them home and flip them oh, and yeah. sell them to people and make money. <laughs> uh, when I was older in high school, I started building and selling computers and that type of stuff. Okay. Um, when we came back from the Dominican Republic, while I was working for Cargill, I took over a, a ag retail business on our family farm. So I was selling uh, seed and chemical and that type of stuff. Okay. So like I'd always kind of done, done my own business type of thing and, and I really wanted to just get into it into into tech in an area that I was really passionate about and so when I started working at, at Myriad Mobile um, just one day I called this guy that I knew out of Malaysia he was one of our resellers when I was at feed management systems and I just said what do you got going on for mobile tech in your part of the world and he shared this idea that he'd been uh, kind of working on and I said well you should put that on a better mobile platform and resell it and he said well that's a good idea we should do that like we okay <laughs> so the two of us started doing that and then um neither one of us had a lot of money to hire a coder or do any of that type of stuff um and we weren't the best programmers in the world like you can get something done but you know right. don't have me write us write software for you because exactly. it's just not going to turn out well so a friend of mine has a master's in computer science and i knew he'd always want to do his own thing so i said hey phil how'd you like to do a little side project and see if a business comes out of it and he said okay so that kind of how we got our our thing going is that, is that one of the co-founders, too? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's so all three of us, yeah. Peter, oh, Matthew, and Phil. Yeah. Matthew and Phil. And you guys are all still kind of helping? Yeah, all doing doing our thing with it, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so we were doing a little research, and uh, we saw that you used to implement ERP software as an ad company. So yeah. Just for the people listening, do you want to give a real quick rundown of what ERP software is? Yeah, so ERP is like just accounting software, mm -hmm. and so it helps people run their, run their business. It's, it's uh, like QuickBooks is an ERP type of a system and this is like a fancier QuickBooks. Okay. And so that was the feed management I got into that and started just doing implementations all around North America with that and just learning about the feed industry, yeah. Cool. Animals got to eat so people can eat the animals, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> all right. And, uh, yeah, so just uh, when you were impl 
stuff with all those ad campaigns? What did you learn from that? Or what was that like? <clears throat> so when I first started doing that, I was really focused on the technology. Like people have to learn how this feature works and this feature works and like keep on a schedule and get through things. And what I really quickly learned with that is it's not about the technology, it's about the people. Because yeah. a lot of times what would happen is some owner of a business or some general manager would buy this software and then they would hand that off to these other people to implement it. So these people that had nothing to do with this decision, it's like completely changing everything about their, <clears throat> their job and their work and their life. And now you're the person coming in and making those changes yeah. so you have to do more of like coaching on the people side to manage change because a lot of people say they want to change mm -hmm. but then when it actually comes down to doing the change pretty much everybody hates it yeah. right and so here are people that don't want to change they're pretty happy doing what they do now someone else said you're going to change and they have to do all this other Abrasive. stuff Abrasive. Yeah. yeah so it helped me figure focus more on people and then the other part of that is when you get into businesses people get their heads down and kind of get used to doing things a certain way. And there's a lot of assumptions that get made or a lot of things that they don't realize like what they do, how it affects the people mm -hmm. either down or upstream from what, what they're doing. And so I would really start to focus on that. Like let's get all the people in a room and talk and share about what's happening and make those organizational types of changes and improve communication. Cause if you don't address any of that and you just try to teach people how to use something, it's, just not going to work. It's not. It's going to fall apart because you haven't addressed like you know the people and the systems that are yeah. that they're using in. So would you say when you're implementing something like that, uh, a bottom up approach is more effective than a top down approach? Like when it comes to just teaching everyone about it or implementation, or is it just everyone needs to be on the same? Page so I would just take a real collaborative focus. Let's get everybody in the same room <clears throat> and talking. And you get people in the room and like in the feed industry, you ask them how they make the prices for their feed, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you get three different answers from people. And it would be eye-opening for them to realize, oh wait, <laughs> yeah. we're there's some things happening here that shouldn't that that shouldn't be. And so you start to do things like that and help them figure it out. And then I use a lot of what I learned with that when I went to when I went to when I went to Myriad because I had three different teams mm -hmm. that I was managing there, and there was a lot of the same type of stuff happening there that I had to help kind of address too. Um, people tend to think of a business as external customers, mm -hmm. but what you don't really think of is within a business or within a group or within a team. The other people on your team or the other other teams that your team is either serving or working with, those are your customers mm -hmm. internally. So thinking about, as like a graphic designer, who are my customers? It's the external customer, it's the salesperson, it's the developers, it's the mobile strategist or whoever else. They're also my customers, so I have to think of how am I serving and helping them and then vice versa. It just makes things more collaborative. Yeah, absolutely. Find a way to target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, kind of diving into Genesis feed, of course. Yeah. What I, I, I looked up your site. Yeah, our site's messed up. We need to change it. But yeah. <laughs> I like the layout. Yeah, like yeah. User-friendly and stuff like that. <laughs> clear layout. Yeah, yeah. That was a free WordPress landing page template. I'm like, oh, we need a website and some sort of presence. So I just quick found a WordPress theme yeah. and put stuff on it. It's a nice theme. It works pretty well. It looks great, yeah. And then when we first started, we needed a logo. And so it's not the one that you see on there now, but um, like I needed to do business cards. And so I needed to do business cards. I needed to have a little logo. Yeah. So I went on Fiverr and paid someone five bucks to do a logo oh, right away and so design. so we had that for a while and then we ended up having someone else um like do a more professional brand for us later on but right. yeah so so our we kind of started off with we were going to build this mobile platform to um connect people in the feed industry and kind of that same idea that i was talking about earlier where there's this disconnect between these departments and so 
what I did is I had we had Phil build a prototype based on some of the stuff that Matthew had, like those initial ideas. And then I just went out to people in the industry and said, hey, we've got this thing. Um, it's kind of ugly. It doesn't really work. But here's some of the possibilities. What do you think? Right. Yeah. And just talking to anyone that I that I could that I knew and to give me feedback. Well, this one group that was also owned by Cargill, that was a pretty large acquisition for them. Uh, I knew one of the decision makers there. And she said, well, if, if we had this thing where we could do X, Y, and Z, then that would be really valuable for our team. So we were on the way to getting a really big contract with them um, to the point where like, we're negotiating the insurance limits on, on a contract and their IT team is reviewing our stuff and everything looked like it was going really well for that. Well, then the managing director of that business unit left and took 30 people with him to start his own company. So that contract completely fell apart. So I'm like, well, what do we do <laughs> now? So I found I found other groups and replaced that contract dollar for dollar with other groups. We built those things out and we thought, oh, these things are gonna, you know, we're gonna take over the world with this. There's gonna be this network effect where this person's using that and it's just kind of kind of grow. And that didn't happen with any of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> with any of those things. So we started building out this other idea through conversations we'd been having with people in the industry. Mm-hmm. To what we're doing now where we help people buy and value feed ingredients like corn and soybeans so again that disconnect that we we're talking about earlier it, it happens where you got these people that are their job all day long is to buy ingredients like you got to buy corn they got to buy soybeans and all this stuff and so they're just out there like grain traders just buying stuff all the time so they buy on price and protein right then when the nutritionist gets that to actually use it to make the feed he doesn't care about the protein he cares about these energy things that are in it, right? right? So this guy's buying it for one reason, and he thinks he's doing a good job because he's buying something cheap with high protein and saving money. Then they're getting it, and they're reacting whether they get it, and they have to do all this other stuff. They're not realizing they're losing a lot of money yeah. doing it that way. So we built a platform that helps the purchasing guy say, here's what the nutritionist needs. Here's what we're going to do. Yep. So that's what our system does. Um, we got some contracts where by the end of this year, every export country – in the U.S. is going to be using our platform for marketing soybeans and wow. yeah, so every, yeah. Every company that exports. Every every country every that exports. Yeah. So with the Soybean Export Council, they market U.S. soy U.S. soy products all around the world. Wow. And so we've got a few contracts with them where their marketing people are going to be using our platform to communicate that. So I just came through a lot of. So <laughs> trying different things, talking to people, yeah. and not falling in love with your own ideas and going down with the ones that aren't working. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That's yeah. Okay, so yeah, is there any other like what's what's the competition like in a like a feed uh, efficiency industry? I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, what's, what does that look like? <laughs> what could you touch on that? So the competition is status quo, just doing things the way that they've always done it. Mm-hmm. Um, people have their own feed formulation systems that they could use to do it, but they don't run simulations like this because it just takes a lot of time and they don't have access to all the data mm-hmm. that we do. So there isn't someone doing exactly what we're doing. We're trying to take ways that they're doing things and just make it better. I mean, now that we're working with this group, we're going to have global data from all these different countries on ingredient prices and all these things that no one else is collecting it in that way, right? right? So we're, we're trying to do the, like the Peter Thiel zero to one, if you've ever read that book, um, pretty good. He talks about try to find an area where you have no competition. So like he talks about how they started they started PayPal, right. kind of on you know eBay was really focused on making this online e-commerce store type of thing, mm-hmm. 
they didn't want to worry about the, the actual money transaction part of it. So they started PayPal to do that and differentiate themselves, right? So that's what we're trying to do in the feed industry is let, let's find an area that no one else is really focusing on that has high value and importance and be the best at that. So you already touched on earlier about how Genesis uh, was formed. Uh, yep. Originally, it was three guys. I'm just kind of wondering uh, what really motivated you to take the step and decide that this was going to be your full-time career as opposed to going into something else? You know, I'd always wanted to run my own business, and I'd done things like that, too, in the past. And this just it seemed like a really good idea, and I just I believed in it that there were a lot of opportunities in this space from what I knew and from what my co-founder who's been in the industry for 30 Years new, and a lot of people would ask me, you know, how could you take that risk to start your own thing? And for me, it wasn't how could I do it; it was how could I not <laughs> do it. Um, I just I saw opportunity there. Um, took took a few steps of faith and just went after it. And just anytime something happened where it was maybe a setback or a failure or it didn't work the way we wanted, just you know, plow your way around it and find some other way to make it work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just for the people listening, uh, when did Genesis, Genesis officially? So you guys ever seen the show Silicon Valley? Yeah. You know the part where he gets the investor check and he goes to the bank to cash it? Yeah. And he can't cash it because he didn't have, have a business set up for it? Oh, okay. That was me. Okay. So he's like, oh, crap, I got a course. So, so we, 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 we were going through this program called Innovate ND. It's a grant program for, for businesses. Oh, yeah. And so, so they write the checks in the name of your business, and we didn't have a business incorporated yet. And we were going to wait because it's like near the end of the year. And so, like, crap, I got to cash this check. So we had to do our LLC. So it was in October 2016 is when we did our LLC. Um, but we really got going in January of last year, like full-time on it. Yeah. And Matthew and I have known each other for 10 years and worked on different stuff. So it's kind of like a 10-year in the making sort of thing. And then it kind of all just Yeah, came together. together. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to skip ahead. Well, I've got, I've got a quick follow-up. Oh, yeah. So you officially incorporated in 2016, but now you're – I think we just happened to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. with it. And we really just got those contracts in the last three months. Well, yeah. So like we'd gotten those initial service contracts last year and that kind of kept us through the first year. And then that all stalled out. And so we were trying to decide what do we do? And we had a few options. Do we take a risk and do this or do we do something else that not as exciting and that? And we said, let's, let's take, do the risky, exciting thing. And so that's what we did. Now we're starting to see the payout from it. So like as CEO slash co-founder and stuff yeah. like that. So your day-to-day activities throughout a week, what would those look like? And as like college students, we're kind of figuring out how to do the time <laughs> like, how yeah. do you manage like all the day-to-day activities of being a CEO and then like family time and like social time? How, how, how does that kind of work? So for me, it's being really clear on my priorities. Like what do, what do I, what do I care about? What do I value and making sure that my time aligns to it. I use my calendar religiously. If it's not on my calendar or written down, it's either not going to happen or it didn't. (laughs) So, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty rigorous with that. I also try to take a lot of time for, for self-care. So like starting the day, doing some exercise and meditation, you spend an hour in the day doing that. It, you're so much more efficient. Um, afternoon naps for like 20 minutes, taking the time to like, seriously, like you take a little time to do that, wake up, you get so much more done after it but yeah just being really clear on my values keeping my calendar up to date and sticking to it mm-hmm. uh, so you you want me to go back to business first no all right so uh, earlier you mentioned or we were talking about how you've been in the nature of the public for a while 
Yep. Uh, how did your time there affect your insight into like how business should be run in, in general? So doing child and youth work, we were working with at-risk teens. So like kids that couldn't handle it in a normal school system or even like a normal residential treatment center here, like we just had a campus full of those types of kids, okay. right? So number one, I learned how to lead through influence. I mean, you can have all the rules and authority and structure you want, but if you're not influencing and just connecting with people on a heart level, you're not going to get anywhere. Absolutely. And so how to, how to lead through influence, taking that energy and directing it one way or another versus trying to like, you shouldn't do, <laughs> right, yeah. you shouldn't do this. So I got, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got, I got really, I got really good at that. Um, you never knew what was going to happen during any day. Like, you know, everything might be fine. And all of a sudden some kids having a crisis and you're just going to have to just, just completely change what you're doing. So having to be like flexible and adaptable. And then just keeping a mindset of, you know, whatever problems I think I'm having in my business, I kind of go back to some of the things that those kids were, were struggling with and wrestling with in their own life and thinking, you know, these problems that we're thinking we're having here really aren't that yeah, big of a deal. Yeah, so it helps me keep that in. It helps me keep that in perspective too. All right, and of, of the stuff you've been learning to maintain public, which one, which major lesson you learned do you think best applies to what you've done with Genesis? Just how to be flexible and adaptable. Yeah, and just there's things that are going to happen that you just couldn't expect, but if you can learn how to roll with it and not let it kind of just take you down a path of just being frustrated and just say, okay, this is happening. What do we do about it? And figure it out and move on. Yeah. Especially when you're starting a new business. Again. Right. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned uh, kind of basically going international. Would you say that's like the biggest step you think Genesis has taken so far? I think the biggest step we've, t I mean, it was really easy for us to go international because my co-founder has lived in Southeast Asia for the last 30 years. Okay. So that was just a very natural, easy thing for us to do. Um, probably the biggest thing for us was kind of landing on that idea that's actually starting to convert into revenue and, and value. Mm -hmm. That's just a, a headache and a journey and a yeah. very <laughs> frustrating, confusing um, place to place to be is trying to like, when you're trying to create something out of nothing or something that doesn't really exist, right. that's hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to actually come up with that now we're getting some traction, That's that's been the biggest thing for us, I would say. Yeah. As an expanding company right now, how, how many people do you have, if you don't mind me asking? Just our three co-founders. Just the three co-founders, yep. that's it? Yep, and we'll hire some contractors from time to time to do. Okay. Oh, sure. But it's it's a software-as-a-service web platform, so it's we can be pretty lean on on our operation side of it, so yeah. Or just come in, and then that's when you kind of start doing stuff and things like that? Or? Yeah, so we're working pretty much exclusively with them right now, and so, I mean, they're essentially – it's a benefit for them to use our platform, but because they're going to be using all these places, they're going to be introducing all these people to our platform. Right. So they're like a distribution network Works for us, but they're paying us to be that distribution network because it's a value for them. Absolutely. So, okay. cool. yeah. Awesome. So uh, since it's just the three co-founders still in the company, have you noticed that your goals have changed at all since the start of it, or are you, are you all pretty much doing the exact same thing? Yeah, well, Phil's the developer, and that's kind of his, you know, none of us are trying to take over that yeah. part of it. Um, I think probably for Matthew and I figuring out, you know, who's doing what on the sales and operations and that side of it, um, that's that shifted some from when we first started. But, you know, overall, we're staying kind of in our core lanes. Matthew's kind of like the product owner. He, I like to say we're taking Matthew's brain and putting it on a computer because he's got the expertise, and I'm yeah. kind of the fill in the gaps wherever things are needed, you know, make Where's sure things keep going, going sign of thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So, we were talking about uh, the first, like, major step that you were talking about, or 
Yeah. What do you think? What do you think the next big step that you your company is going to take if you had to guess? So how do we get? There's always that challenge of how do you get past that? That I look at these customers and like these concentric rings. Like so, you've got like you know you and your team working on something, and then that that first ring outside of that, I call like your friends and family. Customers, it's like the people that you've worked with in the industry, a lot of times they're buying it because they believe in you, you know? Yeah. And so we kind of got past that in our first piece, and now we're into that second ring with a group that didn't necessarily believe in us, but they saw what we were doing, and it really fit for them. Okay. How do we get from that to that other place where maybe people have never heard of me or Matthew or haven't heard of what we're doing, but to say, yeah, that's a good idea. We want to start using it and converting those types of people into being our customers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's there's a lot of growth in that in that okay. area. Yeah, um, a friend of mine's doing more of a like he's trying to do e-commerce for feed for people buy animal feed. Oh, okay. On it called FeedX is the name of his company, and so they're they're growing pretty big. There's um, some blockchain companies that are trying to connect oh, the okay. supply chain and do the the grain trades and stuff with it. And so, yeah, a lot of different things happening. People trying to innovate in the space. Is it mostly sorry? Is it mostly like the e-commerce market where there's like a lot of shoppers on a uh, internet like platform or do they kind of like brick and mortar kind of center it's all brick and mortar right now so that's where some of these people are trying to do more of the let's let's do the e-commerce piece of it and, and change that piece of it absolutely yeah. uh do you foresee any possibility of you and these other companies working together in the future uh trying to like combine the benefits of your company with the benefits of their company oh yeah yeah i i, I, I meet with the the fedex guy uh, every other week, we're part of a, a CEO leadership group of people in ag tech, and so we're always talking about ways we can work together. The the group, the blockchain group, they're out of Australia. We've been in conversations with them about how could we use their platform once we get to this spot where we want to do some trading and actual purchases and things on it. And, and would that just continue to be just a collaborative thing, or would there ever be a possibility of like merging to like merging the two companies to further, I guess, the, the growth of both companies? Yeah, it's too early to say for any of that. There, I mean. Okay. People are always open to looking at things like that if it's if it's the right fit. But yeah, Absolutely. we'll see. Cool, cool. All right. So uh, I mean, as um, maybe somebody who might be looking into starting their own business or anything, uh, what would be your biggest tips for somebody who is looking to start their own business? Uh, don't be afraid to talk to people about your idea. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, people don't want to share their idea because they're afraid someone's going to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people just don't have the time. To steal your idea, yeah. uh, your, your, your time is a lot more valuable than, than the idea itself. So just talk to anyone that you can think of mm -hmm. about it and share what's, what's going on mm -hmm. with it. Uh, I would say don't try to do it yourself. Find other people that can help you in different ways in the areas that you're not as strong to fill those gaps because when you've got a team of people, there's some accountability and some encouragement that, that happens in a way that doesn't necessarily happen yeah. when, you're, when, you're, when, you're doing it, when you're doing it on your own. Um, talk to your potential customers. I know so many people that, and when I worked at Myriad Mobile, I, people would come to say, I need an app for this idea. And it was just shocking how many people had gotten so far into building an idea without talking to their prospective customers because they they're get afraid to, to do that or nervous about it. Right. You know, talk to people, ask them, say, you know, build some, build some mock-ups on, on, like Balsamic is a cool little mock-up site that you could, you know, or just write them out on a piece of paper and say, you know, would you use this? How would you use it, right? And, and do a lot of that validation before you start writing code and just, you know, keep keep doing those types of things. Yeah. Uh, sort of just a side question off of that. Uh, I'm not sure if 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Matthew, both of us have, both Matthew and I have done. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot in sales. Like when I was working at Myriad, um, I was a team lead for the strategy and design team for my first year and a half there. And then on, it was a good time for me to get into sales, so I moved over into that. And they said, go t- sell mobile tech in the, in the ag industry. And so, I mean, that was it. They didn't say, like, here's your list, here's, you know, here's the referral, just, just go do it. So I started, you know, doing doing all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah this summer I had an internship where I was doing sales, sales and mm-hmm. uh, it's, not, it's not the most fun thing in the world, but you learn yeah. so much from that. Yeah, cold calling is a difficult, soul-crushing experience. But you have to do, you have to, you have to make that part of your sales process, but how you cold call is really, I do sales training and consulting too for people on the side is kind of what I've been doing to pay the bills while we're getting the business okay. going. And I try to get people off of a mindset of rather than cold calling to try to get a meeting to sell them something. It's like, take what you know about that product or that industry, find out what other people care about and call them to say, Hey, I know about this. Is this something you're interested in learning more about? And you'll get a lot farther with that, and it's a lot more fun to call people when you're doing that versus, can you get a meeting set up so yeah, I can yeah. sell you something? It's like, well, who wants to do that? Yeah, be a consultative yeah. kind of a, uh, that type of thing. So, so. Yeah, and it's a lot more fun to talk to people that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah I found that uh, confidence is a big thing, obviously, but uh, just working for us in general uh, really yeah. helps with getting, getting your foot in the door, so to speak. Yeah. 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 One of the things you're interrupting them. Whatever they're doing that day, you're you're yeah. an interruption to their day, and yeah, so they're sure. probably not going to be too happy about exactly. it. So don't expect everyone to be like, "Oh, great! I'm so glad you're here today." Yeah, just right, right. waiting for you to come and bug me about buying <laughs> something. You know. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. So like, as us being college students right now, you work with. Concordia, yeah. What was like your mindset? I mean, we're both 22 right now. Mm-hmm. What was your mindset if you could put uh, yourself in our shoes? What would the mindset be like? When I was talking earlier about time being your most valuable asset, being in your early 20s and not having a lot of commitments, I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You could, you know, get five people live together on the cheap yeah. and just grind it out for years and, and work on different things without any 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 other things to worry about right mm-hmm. like when i i left my job at cargill i got out of that ag retail business lost all the things that i would put into that moved back to fargo to work at myriad took a huge pay cut and then went from that to living on savings and retainer stuff after that to do that with a wife and two kids and a mortgage that just it just adds a certain level of things but even when i came back i i did that knowing that we were going to come into this type of thing. And so we made a lot of conscious choices to, you know, we bought a house that was $100,000 cheaper. We didn't buy new cars. We didn't put our kids back in. So we're like, we did all these things to lower our level, but you're at a spot now where, you know, you've got like your, 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 maybe some student loans or whatever. And, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're married and have, I don't know. But if you're not just like, you have, you have a freedom and an opportunity right now that, you know, people would look back and give anything to have that have that again so just you know take advantage of that not don't be afraid to try a bunch of things and have them not work out right because you're going to learn things from that that each thing is going to build build on it right so yeah just yeah mm-hmm. all right so i uh, kind of start closing things off yeah uh, first off i assume you want to you're planning on staying with genesis for the first 
Right, yeah. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> so uh, where do you see yourself and Genesis, I guess, in the next five years? Well, I'd like to see our platform expand, you know, in, in other, other commodities and really just have a foothold with people uh, using it to, to make these types of um, uh, trading decisions. Uh, there's opportunities to make a marketplace out of that where people could start actually doing the trades. Right. On it, I think there's opportunities for us to start using artificial intelligence and data plays to help people make recommendations on making smarter purchasing mm -hmm. decisions and use the platform to do that. So if we could start to build those types of things into it, that would be that would be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you, you got anything else? I think uh, I'm good. Oh, no, he was very thorough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us a great answer. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll turn it over to you. Is there anything that you thought or questions you thought of what we were asking you or anything like that, I guess? Uh, what's the biggest idea you guys are working on or wh why did you get into what you're doing today? The biggest idea I'm working on. All right. Well, of course, I uh, want to graduate right now. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Uh, I'm in the process of, I've been talking with that roommate I was talking to you about. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of starting our own podcast and yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just trying like to buy yeah. like a studio or something like that. Yeah. Know, but uh, maybe this would let us use it. But um, I think for the foreseeable future, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Nice. Yeah. So what I'm just trying to do right now is figure out where I want to end up after I graduate. Yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to graduate in May, and uh, I thought I had it figured out where I want to go, but now I'm starting to doubt it a little bit. So yeah. I'm, like everything, I'm back to square one. Yeah. 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 Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to All experiment right. in different things like. I mean, I did computer work right out of school. Then I did child and youth work for a while and got back into tech. And, and each one of those things, you know, I, I learned from and did my own thing with it and grew from it. So just, yeah. just have fun with it. Yeah, just like you said, yeah. you're definitely right. You have, like, some of the, like, most time we'll ever have. You know, yeah. Like, career ever. I mean, right. I mean, responsibilities yeah. for the most part. Just acknowledge and appreciate that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I look back on it, but I, I kind of want to be done with school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's pretty much it. It was fun talking with you guys. Yeah, today. perfect. Yeah. I appreciate it. That'll be it. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. That was good. Thanks for awesome. coming. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. Gosh. Still recording. Yes. Well, you can hit stop. Ooh, 34 minutes. Yeah, no, we're good. What do I hit play? That's probably the record.